This thing is walking down this road, this gravel road about 100 yards away from me. Once I seen it, I was like, what the heck? You know, hit the rewind button probably 100 times that night to watch it over and over and over again. And uh, it's a very interesting piece of tape. The defendant's commission of these four murders over a 10-day period is one of the worst killing sprees in the history of this state. Skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open. Uh, I'm here looking for the spirits of anybody that still remains. I have a device in my hand. If you would like to talk to it, please come forward. Tell me your story. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. You are listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast. It's me, your host, Brendan Shea, and joining me as always is the beautiful, the lovely... Annie Weaves, how's it going, Shea Bay? Annie, we've been so busy, so many things have been going on this past month that we haven't had time to sit down and do it the right way. So here we are, we're back with another episode of Serial Spirits, the podcast, and we're going to take you on an adventure. We are. We've been on the road a lot, and our adventure kind of started a month ago. That's why we haven't sat down to record this so far. But today, do we have a story for you all? Yeah, we're super excited to bring you what we've been teasing for the past month. As you know, we went away for my birthday weekend, and we're going to premiere some of that tonight here because we want to talk about it. But before we do that... I want to go ahead and thank everybody who's given us support over the last year. This is episode 20, Weebs. We're on episode 20 of the podcast right now. Oh my God, really? Yes, this is episode 20. It doesn't sound like much, but it feels like it's been forever in the making, honestly. And it has. And I really, really, really thank everybody who's gone and supported us. Paranormal Warehouse for picking us up. Um, Everybody who's gone to iTunes and left five-star reviews, please continue to do that. And I want to redact something that I said all the way back on episode one when we were talking about Edmund Kemper, the serial killer. We referenced Mindhunters, and we referenced something about a shoe and comparing it to Ed Kemper and how we thought it was the same person. It actually was not. So I have to re- redact my statement when I said that that had something to do with him and nothing to do with him. It was completely different, a separate serial killer. So They were combining two serial killers just kind of for the heck of it being in the show. But no, that was a totally different dude. So tonight, we are going to take you on an adventure. And we're going to go ahead and let Weebs introduce that in this video clip. Okay, so it's Friday, August the 9th, 2019. Yesterday was Shay's birthday, and he thinks that we um, 
just kind of overlooked it. But what he doesn't know is that I have a weekend trip planned for him. I took off work uh, early. I'm headed to his house to surprise him. What he doesn't know is that we have rented a cabin for the weekend in Hawking Hills, Ohio, which is super well known for its Bigfoot sightings. We got a lake cabin and we are going squatching tomorrow. I've talked with a local Bigfoot hunter who has sent me a map that has all the information that we need to know. My car is loaded down with cameras and everything that we need to celebrate not only his birthday, but Bigfoot too. Happy birthday, Shay. We're going squatching. Where did you take us? We just heard where you took us, but in your own words, in the flesh right now, I'm looking at you. What what, what did you have in mind here when, when you wanted to do this? So what y'all don't know about Sweet Shay is that he is actually a really sentimental type dude. And so this was his third... Yeah, okay. You are. <laughs> don't act like you're not. Okay. So this was his 38th birthday, and it fell on a Thursday. 38. 38th birthday. Jesus. And it fell on a Thursday, and he'd had a really tough work at week. We... <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Today, it's the stuttering Stanley. <laughs> He'd had a really tough week at work, and he was a little butthurt that nobody did anything for his birthday. And so, at the time, he's still living just outside of Columbus in Pickerington. And I said, "Oh, I'll come up for the weekend. We'll go out. We'll watch a movie. We'll do watch, something." Why would you just tell people where I live? I'm just kidding, go ahead. You don't anymore, so what's the difference? Okay, so what I really had planned for Shay was that, like you guys heard in the clip, I had been in contact with a lovely lady named B, who runs the uh, Hawking Hills Bigfoot Conference that's the last weekend of September in every year. She couldn't go with us, but she gave me a map that showed all of the areas that we needed to hit. And so I rented a cabin that was in the heart of the Lake Logan, Hawking Hills area. and Squatch country. Squatch country. And said, I drew a map. I put it in the card. I handed it to Shay. And I said, happy birthday. We're going on a trip. And I'm honestly, you know, was... And you'll hear it in the next clip. I kind of explained it a little bit because I want to get my reaction as we're driving there. And you're going to hear a lot of clips in this show from our adventure. And that's why we're so stoked to bring it to you guys because we had, we were there. We were in the middle of nowhere. No one was around. And you hear us talk a little bit about it. But I actually was shocked, completely, utterly blown away. I get this card and I'm like looking at it all weird. And I open up this paper and my reaction is just like, what is this? What is this piece of paper that you just handed me? I don't know why it was so difficult for you to understand because I literally wrote on the map, we're going squatching. I didn't click right away. I'm like, we're going squatching? Like, and then I was like, oh man, holy crap, we're going squatching like right now. And Annie's like, right now, get in the car, run to the cabin. What Shay forgets is that he grew up in this area in the heart of Squatch country. So it was so difficult for me to comprehend that he, the cryptid fan that he is, he had never gone squatching in his own backyard. Yeah, that's pretty. 
I feel like an idiot because you should. I, I never have. You should. It, I mean, I knew all the areas where Bigfoot w- w- was like not. I didn't even realize that there were actual sightings like that, like literally forty minutes from where I grew up. Like literally, I knew that they were an hour away. I knew, you know, closer to West Virginia and that kind of thing. People had seen Sasquatch for years, but I didn't even think about the Hocking Hills area. Your like own it just freaking n- yeah. backyard. It, it, literally, people like literally, this is just close. I mean, close to home to me. Right there, it was right there. So. We get a cabin, we pull up in this cabin, but let's listen to the clip of me explaining what I just kind of said to you, but in my own, like, shock and awe, I guess, in a way. So we get there, we pull up to this cabin, we're in the middle of nowhere, it's beautiful, it's this tiny little place, and we're just, I mean, we're, we're, we're happy, we're just, we're here for the weekend, we got this, all this food, we got a hot tub on the back deck. There's beers. There's grill. There's a fire pit. I mean, Grace is with us. We're it's we're all set to look for the elusive grass man. Now, Annie, why don't you tell people who don't really know? You know, Bigfoot has different names. In Ohio, he's known as the grass man. So let's go ahead and just give a little history about the grass man right now. The Grassman, also known as the Ohio Grassman, is a tall bipedal hominid that stalks the woods of Ohio, hence the name the Ohio Grassman. It's reportedly very similar to Bigfoot. It seems to be much more aggressive than any other Sasquatch species. The Grassman gets its name for the small hut-like living structures or nests that it builds out of tall grass. The first prominent sighting of the Grassman occurred in the small village of Minerva, Ohio, August 1978, when the grandchildren of Minerva residents Evelyn and Hal Clayton, along with some friends, ran inside screaming about a hairy monster they saw in the gravel pit outside. When the couple went out to investigate, they saw what the children had been crying about. It was covered in dark, matted hair sitting in the pit and fiddling with discarded trash. It was estimated to be about 300 pounds. The Claytons fled, but it wasn't their last encounter with Ohio's grass man. Ohio's trash man. He sounds like a trash man. A trash man. They should have called him the goat man because he's like digging through trash. (laughs) The Claytons would see the grass man many times after their initial encounter. One night, it was seen peering at them through their kitchen window. That's creepy. Nope. I would be Call out of the there. peeping Tom man. The peeping grass man. The ass man. Yeah, something like that. The area was later investigated by police, and all there was, although there was no sign of the hairy humanoid, several faint footprints were observed in the mud, and a terrible smell still lingered. The Minerva case, along with its infamous Sasquatch, would form the most complex and important Bigfoot investigation in Ohio's history. Even so, the year 1978 was not the first mention of such creatures roaming the woods of Ohio. In the 1700s, Native Americans in the Ohio grasslands spoke of a race of a bipedal ape man they referred to as, quote, the wild ones of the woods that live nearby. The Native Americans would leave out food for the creatures in an effort to keep peace. 
Again, in the late 1800s, sightings of a similar hairy biped were made along the Ohio River. The hominid had apparently tried to throw a man out of his horse and buggy, but retreated when his daughter, who was a passenger, threw stones at it. So we're going back decades of sightings, all the way back to the Native Americans before English settlers were there, talking about the wild ones of the woods. See, that's the thing people don't understand. They, they think that they have to have some kind of video or photographic proof. I mean, here's people who lived hundreds of years ago, even thousands of years ago, and they were reported seeing the same things that people are seeing nowadays. How can you not trust that? Wait, I mean, do you think people just pulled it out of their rear ends back then? Like, oh, oh I'm going to go make a hoax and tell everybody I saw this hairy man. That was, you know, running around the woods and he was elusive. Like, come on. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, this stuff has to exist. You're you're in thousands of acres of, of forest. And and you'll hear as we walk through this these trails that we took, there was nobody around. We were probably out for five, six hours. And we literally saw ten people the whole day. And three of them happened to be in a parking lot. And one of them was a park ranger. But it was like, you know, nobody was around. And you're talking about races of people back then who made their livelihood from the woods. They hunted, they fished, they traveled these woods constantly. They knew them in, they knew them out, they knew how to track animals. And so something that came across their radar like that, that was so off, that they literally felt like, well, especially when you're talking about Native Americans. Native Americans worshipped everything in nature. They're literally leaving gifts for this thing to keep the peace. They must have been a little bit intimidated by it, at least, to have had that reaction to it. Exactly. And they worshipped, you know, so many different spirits and and had respect and, and they had respect for all things in nature. And something like this frightened them maybe to an extent. Like you said, they they left gifts and tried to keep the peace was the main word. So there's something there. Whether you believe in Bigfoot, whether you think we're just full of baloney, there's something there, and there's been something there for hundreds and hundreds of years. And so when I started talking to B in depth on Facebook, I basically said, where do we need to go? What do we need to look for? Do we go at day? Do we go at night? Like, how do I search for Bigfoot? I know how to look for ghosts. I have no idea what to look for there. And so she sent us a couple of locations, one in particular called Clear Creek Metro Park, that she said they had what she called, quote, Class A daytime evidence. So I guess if you put that like in paranormal terms, when we're talking about a Class A EVP, these are Class A interactions with something in the woods there that these people could not explain. One of the places in Clear Creek Park, and the first place that we went was called Lake Ramona. And she said, if you want class A interactions during the daytime, Lake Ramona is your spot. And so I start researching it online and I found a really crazy interaction that I want to read for you guys because we actually looked at the picture that this guy took of something and we went back to what we felt like was that ex- same, same exact spot to see if we could find it. Yeah, we, you know, you'll hear me reference it in the clip after Andy tells the story. I'll play the clip of us arriving there. From where the vantage point of this picture was taken, I mean, we kind of traced it almost to the exact spot. 
And I'm sure, you know, by the time we got there, years had passed and, you know, a little bit of the foliage had changed, but it was almost sim pretty similar to where we think this picture was taken. So I found this article on BFRO, which is the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. Report number two. The Bifro. Bifro. Report number 28499, and in quotations, Class B. This Ooh. sounds really X-Files when yeah, you say it's it total, that total, totally official. Okay, so October 9th, 2010. Now this, okay, this guy is a photographer giving this encounter here. And the person who documented this was a BFRO um, researcher who I actually talked to on Facebook as well. Saturday, October 9th, 2010, I was finishing up a senior photo shoot at Lake Ramona on Clear Creek Road in Fairfield County, Ohio. Upon arrival at the lake, immediately we observed rocks being thrown into the lake. There were three of us who witnessed it. My wife and young son had gone up another trail and were not present. My photo subject and I had gone to the lower area to try to get a few shots, but the rock throwing continued. Also observed was tree knocking and limb breaking by the creature at this time. And after we'd gone back to where we originally heard it, we were across the lake from it, and at that time, I decided to take a quick succession of pictures to try and find out what was throwing rocks at us. At this point in time, all of us decided to leave the area. Since I had my wife and young son with me, I didn't want to run the risk of them getting hurt. It was when I got home that I realized that I had actually gotten two images of the creature. I also believe that I have another of it observing me when I was taking the picture of the boy in front of the lake but it's not as clear as the other two. To me, in the photos, its face resembled an orangutan, only it was completely black. Also of interest is that the creature appears to have something white in its hand. Also noticed, there was a smaller black shape in a tree, but I was unable to determine whether it was a young creature. It was impossible to determine the sex of the creature, so there was no way to tell if it was a mother protecting her offspring. What do you think that white thing in his hand was? I don't know. A fish, maybe? Maybe. A tree branch? So, you and I both looked at this picture. It's... Yeah, we both looked at this picture, and I don't know. I have... I'm kind of uh, torn a little bit between it because it's, it's hard to see, and there is something there. There's something weird there, and I can see, you know, what he's talking about, but... It's just one of them things like, could it be the Matrix thing? Because you, you're told that something's there, so that's what you're looking for. I mean, it's really odd. But when you get when you get to this area, this location where this guy was talking about, it's, it's, it's utterly silent. It's strangely silent. And you would think a place like this would be teeming with all kinds of wildlife. And we saw absolutely nothing. It was so quiet there that it was eerie. So you're talking about a summer day in August. The weather was nice. It was clear. It was actually a full moon that weekend, yeah. which makes a difference when we get later into your part of the story as to what happened that night. But the one thing that I noticed and I said to you as we're walking up this trail around Lake Ramona, I said, stop and listen. And we both kind of stopped and you said, I don't hear anything. And I said, that's exactly my point. You don't hear birds. You don't hear squirrels growing up in the woods. 
your ears become trained to pick oh, out yeah. these different Everything. noises. There were insect noises, but there were no tracks of any animals around this lake. You're talking about soft ground around this lake that would have been a perfect watering area for deer. There are black bear in this area, uh, raccoons, rabbits. We saw absolutely nothing, nothing in this area that you would expect to be teeming with life. And so what does that automatically say to you if you are tracking an animal and you're not finding anything there's a predator in there's the area. a predator there's something in the in area. area yeah so let's go ahead and listen you'll hear me kind of describe where we're at we're walking up there and it's me and grace like annie's kind of walking behind us but me and grace are walking up first and when you we, like it's hard to kind of describe because you're not watching the video and i'm kind of describing it the best i can but basically we come down this trail and you go up a steep hill right away and right at the top of this little steep hill is Lake Ramona. And it is gorgeous. And you'll hear how quiet it is. We're at Lake Ramona looking for Bigfoot. This is one of the sighting spots where people say they have seen the infamous Ohio grass man. Photographer was taking pictures here uh, of a subject. It's probably senior pictures, and they started getting rocks thrown at him. It was all kinds of weird tree knocks, and he caught what he believed was a picture of an ape-looking like creature, and he believed it to be the Ohio Grassman. And we we're we're headed up this ridge here, which looks like there might be. A water source, which is probably a a uh, reason why old Sam Squatch comes around this area. Because as you know, all animals need a source of water. And here it is. As you can hear, it's absolutely quiet. I'm guessing this is some type of man-made lake. wonder if it's like a runoff lake or something. Might uh, pull up some Sasquatch sounds here, see if we get any responses. Would it make sense? It's a source of water. Probably lots of fish in here too. There's my assistant Cisco Ramon from Star Labs. We're looking for Grob the Gorilla on Dr. Harrison Wells. Yeah, Grob's got to be around here somewhere. Okay, so we're at Lake Ramona. We're there an hour and a half, maybe two hours. We've walked on the trails. Like you said, we literally see absolutely no people while we're up there. 
We decide to go to another spot that B said is a hot spot of daytime activity. And that is kind of this cluster of trails. One in particular that she called the Hemlock Trail. And so we start walking. Well, before we did, we seen a we seen a park ranger. Oh yeah. And then I so I was that. like, one of the things I'm gonna do is like I gotta talk to this park ranger because if anybody has seen anything stranger on here, it's gotta be a park ranger, right? right? Well, of course, we get the one park ranger who hasn't been there that long and doesn't really know if there's anything in the woods and hasn't really ever seen anything and so that she's was talking it. about you know minks and bears yeah. and they're you know wild cats and turkeys and all the things that you expect to see in a forest but what we wanted to know was ma'am have you ever seen a bigfoot a we bigfoot? even asked her about ghosts and weird we things did. like that too yeah. and she's like nope I was like, well, that was a wash. No, but so. watch out for the vultures that are up there around the, yeah. uh, there's an old barn on what they call Cemetery Ridge. And she said, if you go up there, watch the vultures this time watch of year. Watch the buzzards. Or, yeah, because they're nesting. Okay, so we decide to walk these trails and we start on one called Fern Trail. It's absolutely beautiful. It's lined with ferns, just hence the name. Again, we're not seeing really any tracks of anything. Um, we think we've walked the trail to where it meets up with Hemlock, but we're unpleasantly surprised to realize that we've taken a wrong turn and we're totally lost in the woods. And it's like that movie Alive where we're going to eat each other. Yeah, and by this time, Grace is all upset because we've been walking forever and she's 12 and she wants to go back to the cabin. And I'm like, hey, it's my birthday. We this just- is We're looking for Sasquatch right now. That's what we're doing and you're going to do it. We decided that we were going to eat Shay first because he was the oldest. So it was just his duty as the man of the family to sacrifice himself. But we make our way back down. We make our way back down to Hemlock Trail and we start walking again from there. It's still very quiet. There's really nothing around there. And so as we are walking back out of Hemlock Trail, Shay, something catches your eye up on the hill. We're walking through and we see we see this older couple who look like they were looking to escape into the woods for a getaway, if you know what I mean. They looked totally out of place yeah, there. Yeah, they were and really out of place and probably were like, oh man, these kids came up on us. Oh man, now we can't, you know. They also out hiked me. I was like, they took off up that mountain looking yeah. split. I was well, shocked. Well, we kind of went off to the side, but... We kind of get to this point, and and you'll hear you'll hear it in the clip here. And I see something, and uh, anybody who's listening to this, who knows anything about Bigfoot, or has recently heard an episode of the Unbelievers podcast where they talk about the Grassman, knows that the Grassman builds a nest, and it's kind of weird and looks out of place. Well, I see this weird grass-like mound up on a hill, and it just caught my eye. So I had to go up and explore it. So me and Grace, we go up the hill and this is what, this is what I describe. Coming up another part of the trail here, the Hemlock Trail, the Sam Squatch hotspot. Haven't had much happen, but we actually found an area that would be conducive to a good habitat because there's a small stream and uh yeah small stream right there it runs the length of the trail 
So hopefully, hopefully, see if we can. Where are you, Sam Squatch, grass man? Do three more. People talking in the background. A couple we saw on the trailer earlier. What do you think, Annie? Is Sam Squatch here? Are you convinced? I think if he exists, he could... This would be somewhere you could be. I mean, you see how dense the woods are. Did you hear that? That was her room. Huh? That was her room. That sounded like it came up on the ridge up there. I sound like a idiot when I'm trying to call for Sasquatch. Grace, do you think Sasquatch is here? Are you a believer? Mm -hmm. Alright, do three more knocks. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But he could be watching us right now. Tree that fell down. And this one looks like it was picked up and leaned against that tree. And then you have all this other debris piled up here with a little opening. And uh, could have been something at one point, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reaching because I really want to find evidence. But it almost looks like it could have been all brought here for a nest. We don't know. So Annie, what do you think? Do you think that could have been a grassman nest? I don't know. I think it's inconclusive. I think it definitely looks like it was arranged by something maybe. Can I say that it was grassman? No, because I've also seen deer bed down in areas that look like that too. And they leave this little um, concave area in the ground where they have been nesting. But it wasn't well. just the concave area in the ground. It was how it was built up around. Like it was, it was a shelter being formed. Somebody tried to form a shelter. It did appear that it was not naturally occurring. I'll give you that much. It wasn't enough to make me go out there and believe in Sam Squanch that he was, you know, creeping around in this. Number one, it was very small. So whatever it is, it, it may have been a, you know, a baby Bigfoot. Oh, yeah, a little baby Bigfoot. A little baby Bigfoot. But what happens? Wouldn't there be Big Mama Bigfoot around there somewhere? Maybe once they become little 10-year-old Bigfoots, maybe they travel on their own. Who knows? He was a runaway Bigfoot. Is Bigfoot plural, is it big feet, or do you just continue to say Bigfoots? I think you just say Bigfoot. I don't know. Anybody who knows that, please tell me. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. I, I will give you that much.
so then we 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 kind of you know stopped for a while and we we're just taking it all in because i mean not only we're out there looking for a crypto you know what i mean and it's it's you know what you really would have done if you were a real investigator you would have crawled in the little grass pile and sniffed it i should have but you know despite of being there looking for bigfoot it was beautiful there it was taking all that nature and being alone in this beautiful state park and that was the best part about it is nobody was around and we could you know talk we could just be one we we kind of were like at a point walking on the trails where we were all kind of separated just like with 20 or 30 feet in between us just you know and I was great I just was in my own mind just enjoying this beautiful day and it was a beautiful place I can totally see why Bigfoot would be there no one is around and it is so crazy the amount of trails that are there the amount of things to do in this area, nobody was there. And that's what B mentioned about Clear Creek Metro Park is because Hawking Hill is thousands of acres, but there are parts of the main park that are very heavily populated by tourists. We have gone there to many of the caves where they say they also have sightings, but there are so many tourists that come through there on a daily basis when the weather is nice. That if there's a Sasquatch anywhere within miles of where you are, they're literally going to run for the hills. because. So Clear Creek Metro Park is just outside of there. But like you said, it was so quiet. It was desolate feeling. It was like being in the woods behind my grandparents' house as a kid when my grandfather, you know, is telling us stories of the haints that live back there and the monsters and don't go in the woods. That kind of stuff. That's what it reminded me of. And that's where the creep factor comes in. So you have that feeling during the day of being watched. Oh, 100%. All the whole time we were on that hemlock trail was even worse than Lake Ramona. I mean, it literally, I made a comment to Grace. I looked at her. I was like, it feels weird. It really feels like somebody is watching us, following us. Like, can you imagine being out there at night by yourself? Oh, that would be amazing. It would be amazing. And, you know, hopefully if we go back for the Bigfoot conference at the end of this month, we get to experience that or at some point. But that was really what I took away from the experience was that this would be the perfect place for something to exist. And just that one lucky person who's out there at the right place at the right time has encountered this thing because it's not used to seeing a lot of people out there either. We are in its territory out there. So Annie mentioned the uh, Hawking Hills Bigfoot Conference. I want to give a shout out to Thomas Shea because uh, I just realized that you were a crypto a crypto guy and I seen your last name was Shea. So we're going to try to be there. Maybe the two Shays can hook up and you can teach me all your Shea knowledge about Bigfoot and Come beyond serial spirits. Yeah, I think I saw Thomas Shea in um, in the chat room for my show last night, the live show. That's so sweet. That's sweet, Mister Shea. We'd we'd love to have the two Shays conferring about their uh, their Sasquatch experience. Yeah, I mean, I, you're welcome anytime. Yeah, you could be relation. Could be relation. So we've ended our day at Clear Creek Metro. We go back to our cabin, and again, our cabin is in a very remote area close to Lake Logan, which is, again, in the Hawking Hills area, and we have a fire pit out back, and so that night, we decide we're going to go out and have a little bonfire, 
family time. We're going to roast marshmallows. It's a full moon. And so, Shay, you and I sat out there for, gosh, we were out there for hours. Grace went yeah, inside. Grace got, she went she to got bed. tired. Yeah, she went to bed. And I mean, she was having a great time, too. And, and she was asking all kinds of questions. And and uh, we'll play a clip about that, too. But so go ahead and ask. So, oh, that foil right there. So, um... Where did the Sasquatch even come from? Well, Probably here belong before us. There's lots of theories. Let me rip this foil. There's lots of theories about Sasquatch. People think he might be like some interdimensional being that comes and goes as he pleases. Does that need to be closed? Yeah, I would close it. And, um, sorry, tonight Annie's the grill master. <laughs> but he comes and goes as he pleases, and, uh, and nobody really knows. I mean, he could be a, uh, an alien, a hairy alien. <laughs> Some people think that they, they have, like, all these different species of Sasquatch, supposedly, uh, but, uh, people think it could be a wild man that's just loose in the woods who finds other wild women in the woods and they procreate and make other little baby sasquatches and they just wander around the woods but nobody really knows because nobody's caught one and it's uh it's hard to say what if they could just be a species of animals they could be a species of animal it could be like some ape that is was native to america because at one time you know all the continents were connected so it could have just been a different species of ape or something that was able to live in this environment. But, I mean, they're all over the country. People seem all over the country. It was mostly, like, um, a lot of the reports came out of the Pacific Northwest, which is, like, Oregon, Washington, like, on the West Coast, you know, above California. And that was supposed to be the big area for Sasquatch. But Ohio, Ohio has the grass man, uh, they have the swamp ape down there in the the swamps in the bayou of Louisiana. Um, there's just a whole plethora of different species of Sam Squatch. There's the Yeti. He's supposed to be in the, the ice areas like Alaska and um, in China. So it's hard to say. It's hard to say what it is, but there's something out there. And hopefully tomorrow... We find it. <laughs> Are you excited? I am excited. You've been on ghost hunts before, and now we're going to go search for cryptids. <laughs> How does that make you feel? Makes me very excited. What's that noise? Just lots of... Popping and crackling? Mm-hmm. We are in the middle of nowhere, yeah. except for the random campground that's right up the road from us. Who knows what it could be out there. Who knows. Tonight we're going to, I'm going to come out here tonight and do some tree knocking. Because that's what they say like they do to like warn the people that that's their, this is their habitat. Don't mess with us. They do random tree knocks. Mm. So we'll see. Let's on the roof with some Sasquatch. Yep. She, you know, got super tired. So me and it was me and you out there by ourselves having a little 
couple time. We were just hanging out outside. I was having some coffee. You were having a couple of birthday drinks. It's a cool night. PBR. It's very clear. It's a full moon. And so at about, I don't know, 11 o'clock, going on midnight maybe, we start to hear the activity in the woods pick up. You start to hear the rustling. And then we started hearing the coyotes. And the coyotes sounded like they were all around us in the hills. It was crazy. I don't think I've ever been out anywhere that I heard them that loudly and one would start to call and then another from behind you and another from your other side it was eerie it was unnerving a little bit and so i get tired i decide to go inside to bed and you say i'm gonna stay out on the porch and call my brother george george lives in california i couldn't have been asleep very long when i hear shay fumbling around downstairs for something. You were asleep for a while. I was out there for a while. We'll, okay. get, we'll get into that. Maybe it was longer than I thought. I hear him fumbling around downstairs. And assuming he's just coming inside to get another beer, I roll over and go back to sleep. And within about five minutes, I hear him come up the little wooden stairs to our loft area. And he reaches over and he grabs me. Number one, he's in his underwear. Number two, he is absolutely freezing. And he says... I heard something. And the look on his face, he was completely convinced he had encountered something in the woods out there. And I said, what do you mean you heard something? And he said, I heard something. And so he launches into this story. Shay, I'll let you tell this part of it because it's um, it's pretty incredible. So my brother, George, he lives in Santa Cruz and he, you know... We hardly ever get to talk, but growing up, we were super, super close. So whenever time we get to like talk on the phone, we do. So I'm on the porch. I'm by myself. I'm having a good time on my birthday, you know, and I decided I'm going to call George. So I call George and we're talking and blah, blah, blah. And I hear coyotes and all kinds of stuff going on in the background. And I talked to him for about an hour, an hour and a half, maybe. And I decided, you know, I'm going to have one last PBR before I go to bed. I'm going to toast to Bigfoot. For a great weekend, and then I'm going to go to bed. But at this point, I decide, you know what, I'm going to set a voice recorder outside too, just in case. So I'm out there, and all of a sudden I hear the coyotes, like, you know, doing their howling from from side to side of the hills or whatever. And then I hear this strange, strange noise that I cannot explain. It was some kind of call, and I don't know what it was. It wasn't a coyote. It didn't sound like a bear. Could have been a bear, because there are black bears in the woods in Hawking Hills, but it just sounded weird and it seriously chilled me to the core. So I got my voice recorder, I'm sitting there, and what do I decide to do? I decide to call. So I do my Bigfoot calls. At this point, the coyotes have, as soon as I heard that first chilling call, the coyotes had ceased. They stopped calling. I didn't hear them again for the rest of the night. And I left my my phone camera outside all night and a voice recorder. And I didn't pick up a single coyote on the voice recorder that I listened to. I didn't pick up a single coyote yell the rest of the night. And it was weird. I don't know what it was, but I'm totally convinced that I heard something unnatural in the woods. Whether it was Bigfoot, I don't know. But I encountered something eerie that night in my underwear in Hawking Hills. If you could describe this sound for us, 
what would it sound like? Was it animalistic? Was it humanoid? Was it a yell? Was it, it a was, growl? It How was, far away did it echo? Like It was a vocalization of some type. I'm no animal expert. I'm no whatever. But it was something I'd never heard before. And you want to be out there. You want to experience something. You want, you know, it's just like going on a ghost hunt. You want to see a ghost. And you hope for it the whole time. And we're out there and we're hoping for Bigfoot. I knew the whole time we weren't going to see anything. If we would have saw Bigfoot and captured it on video, oh, that would have been the greatest thing ever. But you don't always expect that kind of thing. I wasn't expecting this. I was on the phone with my brother. I had just hung up the phone and all of a sudden I started hearing these weird noises. And its I never heard anything like that before. It seriously like scared me. Maybe something was watching you. Maybe you were being watched and it was giving you... I was in my underwear. You were. So... Maybe he was like, hey, what's this small hairy creature sitting on this porch in the middle of nowhere? Well, what did the Claytons report? That Bigfoot was watching them through the window. Yeah. He's a peeping Tom. So maybe he wanted a little peep show of the Shebae type because you're out there in your underwear and it's literally like 60 degrees. No wonder you were freezing. You were super cold all night long. Um, Maybe it was watching you. Maybe it heard you talking to your brother and it's like, what is this creature in my neck of the woods? Because all I know is that the coyotes were super active. And if you say you heard something that vocalized... It freaked me out. Yeah. It freaked me out. But that it vocalized so loudly that it shut all of those predators up. It was something bigger than them out there. And there were a lot of coyotes out there that night. So in conclusion to this episode, did we catch the Ohio grass man? No. My personal opinion, there's something out there. And there's been something out there for hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Will we ever see it? Will we ever capture it? I don't know if I'll ever see it, but people have seen it. As far as capturing it, I don't know. I hope. But there's. I'm convinced there's something out there. What do you think, Annie? I know that I would like to go back and look again. Oh, we're going back. There's no way that you could go out there in these thousands of acres and do what you needed to do in one weekend. I want to cover more area. I want to go out there with people who actually know what they're doing instead of us just kind of wandering in the woods. Um, a huge thanks again to B. Miller because she was super gracious. I literally was just... Facebook messaging people that I found associated with Hawking Hills and the BFRO and several of them messaged back and I was actually kind of shocked. So huge thanks to her for all of her information and again for the invite to the Hawking Hills Bigfoot Conference last weekend of September. It's coming up on us. Um, I'm undecided. So I need more time. I need more evidence. I want to see it. Well, hopefully we get that chance and hopefully it's at nighttime. And I I mean, I'm convinced there's something there. I heard something I can't explain. I don't know. Well, I got, I guess, I guess I just got to keep hunting. Only time will tell. We got to keep squatching. So guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Serial Spirits. Listen, Annie and I are going to be at Mothman Festival the end of this month, September 21st. What is it, 19th and 20th? 
I think it's it, the, September 20th and 21st. Yes, we're going to be at Mothman on September 20th and 21st. We're going to be there with a bunch of the unbelievers. Um, if you guys want to come down, you can look us up. You can find out where we're going to be. Uh, we're definitely going to be there Saturday for sure. Um, so we'll be there probably early Saturday during the day, and we'll probably be at the TNT bunkers that night. We got some friends we're meeting up with, so if you guys can make it out there, you need to hit us up, find us. We're going to be there. It's going to be a good time. Last year was amazing. This year is only going to be better. Maybe Annie's going to see some aliens again. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the entire month of October, we are going to be doing some events. October the 5th, we're going to be back in Point Pleasant again with our friends from Hillbilly Horror Stories, Jerry and Tracy Polly, I had them on my live show a couple of weeks ago. Fantastic people. And they've asked me to come and talk about my encounter at the TNT Bunkers uh, with them, along with the Brohio podcast and History Goes Bump. That's October 5th. You can go to eventbrite.com to purchase tickets for that. 15 bucks if you want to see us there. October the 12th, I'm going to be at the Nitro Festival of Fright at Ridenour Lake doing a paranormal panel with Dave Spinks, who is also a cryptid guy. October 19th, we are doing a public ghost hunt at Lake Shawnee Amusement Park with the guys from Gateway Paranormal out of Gallatin, Tennessee, Tickets for that are $75. You can contact us if you are interested in that. Um, it's going to be an all-evening, all-night affair at one of the creepiest places that I have ever encountered. So we're all over the map in the month of October. We would love to meet you guys, and thank you for all the support that you've shown to Serial Spirits. Tis the season, you creepy kids. I'm super stoked to go to uh, Lake Shawnee. Never been there it looks like an amazing, creepy location. So thank you guys, and we'll see you again next time. Bye-bye. Once again, thank you for listening to Serial Spirits, the podcast. Check us out weekly on Paranormal Warehouse at paranormalwarehouse.com, on iTunes at Serial Spirits, and on SoundCloud. Please rate and review the show. Follow us on all your social media apps. Facebook at www.facebook.com backslash Serial Spirits, on Twitter at Serial Spirits, and on Instagram. Until next time, be aware, be safe. Selling this old house and moving out to a cabin well. The moon shines still and the raccoons will keep us up until the morning and we wouldn't complain. We wouldn't complain at all We wouldn't complain Cause we know that the woods were always louder in the far wall I've been getting used to Dreaming about With the one I love Through all of our shared stories Around the fire Between the notes that we strum And the spilling of our bottles And we wouldn't complain 
Let's go on. 